learning about movies. Learning about movies. Learning about movies. Spoiler alert. Patricia turns in Michelle and he gets gunned down by the cops. Welcome to Syndication, the only podcast that has become immortal and then died. Hmm. Cigarettes, sunglasses, and stolen cars. This episode, we gab about the 1960 French crimes drama about de souffle. Or, you know, <laughs> breathless in English. About the souffle. It's about a souffle. That's what it's about. It's an hour and a half of watching a souffle being baked. And then <laughs> and then at the very end, there's a twist where it's disturbed and mm. it deflates and it, it turns into just a flat oh, mess. I thought, Tell me about I it. I thought you were going to say at the <laughs> end, you turn the souffle into the police and it's gunned down in the streets. They shoot it and it pops <laughs> and it deflates and it's the saddest thing in the world. Mm. I rate it an 8 out of 10. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, it was a good souffle. Yeah, it was, you know, it was fine. As far as souffle fix go. It looked tasty. Huh? I wonder... I'm your host, Tyler Young. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm joined by two people. Uh, one's in the room with me, and the other one is remote. Who's this guy? I'm the one in the room, and my name is Devin Ellis. And the guy who's remote... I'm Matt Souffle. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Matt Souffle. 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 So, yeah. So, we're we're talking about breathless, or in French, I don't know how to pronounce it. A boot de souffle. Canadian? What's it, a boot? Yeah, it's Canadian. A boot. A boot de souffle. Well, because it's like uh, it's one, it's two words. Oh, it's French Canadian. And then bout is boot, 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 a boot de souffle. I would say a boot de souffle. That sounds right, too. And that's Breathless. Matt, you picked it. I did. And boy, did you pick it. Yep. Because that was certainly a Matt pick. That was definitely a movie. Uh, it, yeah, so, I think yeah. it definitely, it was definitely a Matt pick. Yeah. I think it had all the hallmarks. <laughs> did you know anything about the movie going into it before before we watched it or anything? You just pick it from a list or? Yeah, I, I mean, it's on a lot of the best film lists. Uh, but my big thing was I just don't know or did not know much about uh, French New Wave, which is considered like a really influential film movement. This is sort of like the poster child of that movement. I knew it had to do with like a criminal like hanging out in Paris with a girl. And that was about it. That was about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I knew everything. The yeah, whole is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How would how would you how would you describe this movie? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean it's so, French New Wave. It's nineteen sixty. It's French New Wave. It is it's black and white. jazz. It's like to me, it is inextricably linked to all the jazz mm. in the film. It's like the film version of um, the Beatniks, right? Like it just seems like it's got that same sort of like iconoclastic irreverence that like the beat authors that like uh, Ginsburg and um, Kerouac had, which is, I mean, it's exactly the same for them, right? I think there's a lot of interesting ideas in here. There's a lot of weird riffing and not a lot of like codified form, yeah. which makes it, I think, really interesting, but not necessarily good. <laughs> or entertaining. That's a good, good description. Yeah. So, like, speaking of that freeform, I don't know if it was on purpose or what, but there was, like, multiple scenes where they would cut in in, yeah. in a conversation. Yeah. Like, someone would be jump talking. In the, yeah, I was just about to mention Wait, that, yeah. did you know? <laughs> I, I looked this up. I know nothing yeah, so about this movie other than what I saw. It's really famous for that, actually. 
Um, and that's part of that like irreverence and like that yeah. they were just like these sort of like almost film revolutionaries, right? So that was, or, so or it was that's intentional like, to do that. It wasn't. Well, that's the story, right? Everybody always says like that shows how little regard uh, Godard had for like the the way you're supposed to do things. I thought maybe uh, they I were just running out of film. <laughs> what oh, it wow. actually was was that the the first cut of the film came in like 30 minutes over runtime, and oh. rather than cut out entire scenes. Godard was like, I'm just going to cut out all the fluff in the middle of scenes that bores me so I can keep all of my scenes and I'll just trim all of the fat in them. You Um, know, what's really interesting. So when like they were having dialogue back and forth, they were just like cutting the dead air or like the pauses in between mm -hmm. sentences, it seemed like. Yeah. And that's a thing that like modern like YouTube personalities do. Yeah. If you've ever if you've noticed that they just like cut (laughs) all the dead air in between their sentences so it just kind of like flows together like one stream of consciousness even though it's clearly being cut in between kerouac didn't use punctuation right he wrote almost all of on the road on he taped together sheets of paper so that he would never have a break when he was typing on his typewriter and then just fed this long taped up like manuscript almost through the typewriter so he never had to stop and that's the whole thing. And like beatnik culture was like flow, right? Ginsburg yeah. didn't really like uh, uh, punctuation either. I thought it was even more interesting when they were like cutting, they were doing that, but the characters had changed positions in a scene, like when it moved to the next sentence. So they're just like, yeah. it looks like they're just cutting to like, you don't know, it could be 10 minutes later and just continuing the same conversation that they're in the middle yeah. of. Uh, I thought that was really bizarre. I guess it's just because they were cutting out fluff, but. And this is where I get into, like, I think it's interesting, and I really like they were pushing boundaries, but, like, it's it's not fun to watch. It is stressful uh, to have all this jump cutting, and you're like, the fuck is going on? And it doesn't help that it's in a foreign language, so you're, like, also trying to read uh, subtitles. Mm-hmm. Also, none of the characters are all that likable. Maybe yeah. this is a personal thing, but I kind of, like I hated the main guy. I mean, like Michelle was awful because like I don't know if he's supposed to be like I, I feel like he is. He has was, to supposed to be, <laughs> but he's like not even like a likable rogue or anything like that. He's not right. like a Han Solo or anything. like he has no heart of gold. He's just an asshole. He's also a womanizer and he's also kind of dumb <laughs> and he's also he he just doesn't give a shit, you know. And he's very like pushy and childish and he gets like resentful about stupid like small slights that he mm. receives against them and i think the jump cuts work really well with i mean you're right right he's not a lovable rogue but he's obsessed with them right he's like obsessed yeah. with humphrey bogart he's always doing that fucking thing with his lips to try and be that was weird was that a bogart thing did he do that or something i think so so we've seen two movies with bogart i don't remember him doing that there's something about i don't know it's like the jump cuts so like in YouTube, right? I forget. There was some video I watched one time. That's I think it may have been the Folding Ideas video, where he talked about sur- super reality and the jump cut, and it yeah. was the idea that like it's not like they're manufacturing something. It's not fiction, but the jump cut helps you trim out everything. Like it helps you like juice up reality, right? It's still all the stuff you said, but you're cutting out all all the breaks. You're cutting out all the thoughts, and you're just getting this like condensed version of reality yeah like all of crank and crank 2 yeah yeah kind of <laughs> uh 
I don't <laughs> just know. juiced I, up I, reality. <laughs> but, but like that movie, I'm sure it was like all jump cuts. But like I, I haven't seen either one fully, but I've seen enough clips to like. Oh, that's great. It looks like an MTV like. We should you pick know, that next music video <laughs> from like the early 2000s or late 90s or like a. Well, if like I a, if I remember correctly, Crank also like uses exclusively like shaky hand cam. Yeah. Which adds to a lot of that chaos. Yeah, but I think they do a ton of jump cuts, right? Like mid mid scene, someone's talking, and they cut to like much cl- like instead of zooming in, they're just like boop, and all of a sudden the person's in the foreground and like making a face or whatever. You know, it's interesting you say that, Matt, because I actually found the movie relatively engaging, right? As far as like it was interesting to watch visually, and I actually liked a lot of the dialogue, but like after a portion of it. I'm like thinking back to everything that was said, especially in like the bedroom scene when they're just kind of like hanging out in the bedroom talking like (laughs) visually, visually it was sort of interesting. And like the dialogue independently was interesting, but the whole scene as a whole, it's like, what's happening? What are they talking about? You know? Yeah. They're just chilling. (laughs) Yeah. It was just very slice of lifey. (laughs) I mean, like he's obsessed with Humphrey Bogart. She's obsessed with authors. And then the both of them, Almost every shot in that scene, they were underneath some poster of like a movie star or a famous mm-hmm. person. And it's like, I, there's something there about it, like almost, I don't know, I'm probably projecting like my modern sensibilities onto it, but I almost felt like it was prescient of uh, social media culture. Like they were both presenting like this super concentrated version of what they want to be and like using, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. What he was was a middling to bad criminal who did not seem to have any real purpose in life. But what he wanted to appear to be was Humphrey Bogart was Han Solo, right? Like yeah. he wanted to present. It was like but they're was, both he, kind of posers. Like they're they're both trying to be this like yeah. larger than life thing, and right. so they're making weird bad decisions, thinking like, "Oh, this will get me right. closer to that ideal or whatever." Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and that's how I sort of read it was like in the modern you know, c- c- uh, ennui is a French word, obviously. So like w- when you're dealing with the pointlessness and depression that comes from uh, like nihilism in the modern era, like how do you respond to it? And it was like he was like, I'm just going to basically become a movie character, right? Like I'm just going to like yeah. make my life more exciting and meaningful. And she just seemed like sad and depressed. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was interesting how in the description, because we watched this on HBO, right? I don't know where they pull their descriptions from, but it says that, you know, it follows a petty criminal. And then, like, the first thing he does is murder a police officer. (laughs) Like, that doesn't feel like petty crime to me. Well, it wasn't like he planned it. Like, he he just, like, pulled over. What was it? He pulled over for something else. And then the police started chasing him. And they started. He stole, stole a car. Was speeding anyway, even because he didn't care about being under the radar. To me, that's still petty crime. Like he didn't like commit a heist or anything like that. He just like nabbed a car and then he got pulled over and he just like oh god and shot the cop and then just ran. Like, he didn't really do sure. any covering up. He didn't do any kind of like you, you know trying to like mask his tracks or anything like that. He just like oh fuck and then left and then continued. He was like shooting a gun out of out of his car when he's driving down the road and he's just, yeah. To be fair, that was before he murdered the policeman. I think. That's true. But that's all petty to me. Like, he's just right. flying by the seat of his pants, just doing shit when it happens. You know? yeah. I, I, I guess. 
He's like pure id with a little bit of super ego as filtered yeah. through Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> yeah. He's looking at you, kid. I, I should say, Jackie and I talked about this movie a little bit because we knew she wasn't going to be able to record. And I said the thing I said about jazz, right? That like this movie is inextricably tied with jazz. And she jumped down my throat as a <laughs> professional musician. And she said, jazz actually has a lot more structure than you think it does. It's a lot more practice than you think it is. And so I'm sure she would want me to make that point. I would still <laughs> argue that like improvisation and free form, it's like whether or not it's true, that is the public perception yeah, of yeah. jazz. And so I think it is still applicable, but I will offer that counterpoint of hers. I mean, it kind of, like the movie does kind of feel that way. I don't know. Like whether, whether, you know, I'm sure a lot of it was intentional. I don't know if some of it wasn't. Like, but there was just a lot like the movie just felt sloppy. I, I don't know. Like the action scenes were so disjointed yeah. and like like so like the the police officer murder scene in the beginning he, he like gets pulled over and the cop is it's like they're never filmed together in the same scene so the right. cop is like running towards the camera mm. at one point and then all of a sudden we just cut to the gun in his hand going off and then we cut to the cop falling in the trees that he wasn't nearby he just right. happened to like oh and like it's like a separate disjointed scene where he falls yeah. in the trees and all of a sudden we just see him like running through a field there's a lot of implied action yeah yeah, in this movie, which I think may be of the era. Yeah, right. like every every time they were shooting in public, you can see everybody on the street. They're not extras. They're just people on the street in, in Paris in 1960 when they filmed it because they're just like looking at the actors like, what the hell's going on? What are you people <laughs> yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what I mean by it's interesting, but I don't know that it's necessarily good, is that right. like it's not clean it is messy mm -hmm. it has blemishes and mistakes and it doesn't even try oh, the be... death scene at the end when michelle gets shot it's so cheesy like he because he just <laughs> he's running down the street well not he's like walking down the street kind of clumsily kind of just like it looks like he's drunk and he's just holding his back and he's like oh oh i've been shot <laughs> oh let me just, and he's like the scene went on for a long time so long so <laughs> long he just kept stumbling and stumbling and stumbling and then he falls over and then he like rattles off a couple more cheesy lines hey. without really even looking. He does the faces, right? you know? And then, like, I don't, it's supposed to come off as kind of like the Humphrey Bogart, like, well, here's looking at you, kid, kind of moment. And it just, to me, I, I hated it. It just came off so, <laughs> so corny and, and off, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, she does, she And then she does the lip thing. She does the yep. thumb across the lips and he's like, oh, you, what did she say? Something equally cheesy back to him. I actually looked this up because I did not understand the final lines, and apparently they play a lot better in French. Well, she's repeating something from earlier, right? At the end, he says, it just makes me want to puke. And then she right. says, what did he say? And the cop says, he said that, that you make him want to puke. And she says, what is puke? Which she has been doing like the whole movie. She doesn't know all the what French is this? words. Yeah, yeah what does this mean? What is Yeah. And he was doing that because, like, that he was saying that earlier, like, oh, you're a coward. You make me want to puke kind of stuff, right? Apparently, in French, the translation does not necessarily it, – it, it's closer to say, like, it all makes me want to puke. And then okay. when she asks, the cop assumes it is applying to her. And then when she asks, what does that mean? It's supposed to be really ambiguous, right? Like, does she not understand the word because she already had it defined for her earlier? Or is she saying, what is it about this situation or me that makes him want to puke? 
Like what's or a context? What does it all mean? Yeah, it's like it's much more ambiguous in the French, is what I read. To me, like the way that she was saying it in her face, it didn't even look like she was confused. She was just asking because that was something she had been doing. She had this like weird wry like smile on her face that made me think like she knew she knew exactly. What, and then she was just asking again to like weirdly be playful or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you're supposed to know. It didn't land for me. I didn't like any of the like the ending. <laughs> did you did you know, did you know? Uh, that uh, Godard wrote each day's script the morning of? <laughs> I'm not surprised. No, but I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, they had like the overall story, but uh, he woke up each morning and wrote the script for that. Yeah, that guy knows filming. how to just rip and roll. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> So that's what it felt like, because like that, like you were talking about that scene when they're in the room, it was like half the movie. Like it looked like yeah, the biggest huge meaty chunk. chunk of the movie was just them chilling in a room talking. And a lot of it, it w- I thought it was really interesting. Like I don't know if this was intentional or or what, but they're like the dialogue in in the movies. They're like repeating themselves and even calling it out. I forget I forget what Michelle said, but he said something to her. He like asked her something, and then later on, like says the same thing, and she's like, "You you just said that like two seconds yeah. ago." And then he moves on. He like he doesn't. He's like, "Oh, all right." And then yeah. they just keep talking about something else. And they just like <laughs> keep having like a casual conversation. You know, it it was weird. I've seen one other French French movie that was also really like artsy, and it didn't have like substance in the same way that this didn't have a lot of substance. Like there were a lot of scenes of them just like sitting around having conversation and it was like it was a cool encapsulation of like the messiness of life like life right. is not scripted and people have you know slip-ups like that and and i appreciate it for that but it, it does come across really you know like eh, not much is going on here <laughs> like to me that scene really only accomplishes like okay we know that this guy really wants to you know michelle really wants to fuck my patricia he's really into her he's not sure why She's into him, but we're not sure if she's totally committed or not. Like we we get like a good amount of characterization, but like it could have been done in like five minutes, ten minutes, you know? Right. I mean, I I certainly I don't want to be I, I I especially living in Europe um, for a year. I I really take issue with the fact that everybody in Europe paints every nationality with a really like broad brush. That being said, <laughs> mm, the but, French. But you're about to do. I, 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 I do think that it is a more French sensibility, and that like it is a very American thing to say that like this was not as efficient as it could have been, and the French yeah. would say like, yeah, that's the point. I think right. it's like going to a French restaurant and expecting yeah, cafe. Like, like American service. Like, yeah, I'm going to show up. Someone's going to come over to the table and go, "Hi, can right. I help you?" And you go, "Like, yeah, I would like this, this, and this," and then like. Soon later, they show up again and give you your stuff, and then ask if you want anything else. But like in France, you go to a restaurant, and it's like you sit down. You may be there for like half an hour before anyone goes and talks to you, right. and then you're like, "Yeah, I would like this, this, and this." Like, okay, cool. And like an hour or two goes by because <laughs> yeah. you're expected to just be like hanging out. It's like in, right. in the, the thing you're doing that night is going out to the restaurant with the people you're going with and right. hanging out and chilling. This movie felt like that, you know. I mean, the Parisian cafe, right? Like that's the whole thing. That's where like. France's love of philosophy comes from is that like you're supposed to just go to a Parisian cafe and sit there yeah and like talk to the different people that come in and have meandering conversations about all sorts of things and like I agree with you that scene was a bit long in the tooth but like it also felt that's why it felt like transgressive but like new to me 
because it wasn't really trying to further the plot. There were just like weird, there was symbolism and characterization flying around. And it was just kind of like, we're just going to live here. We're just going to talk about weird stuff. We're going to drop a pregnancy bomb that nobody's going to deal with or pick up. Yeah, that goes nowhere. Um, it doesn't. Nothing happens with it. Yeah, nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> By the way, I'm pregnant. Oh, okay. You should be more careful, he says. And then, and then they like, move oh. on. <laughs> Is it mine? I think so. Oh, okay. Well. And then they just like never address it. <laughs> yeah. No plan. <laughs> so like, so like, yeah. This movie is just like, so it's a petty criminal. He commits a crime. Then he hangs out with a with a woman he's really into. She learns about crime, turns him in. He gets killed. She goes, ha ha. And then the movie ends. Like, that's the entire movie. That's what happens. That's the plot. Yeah. And yeah, 100%. like, so like for me, I'm like waiting for something else to happen. Like, is there a twist? Is there like a reason for me to like care about these people? Why are they doing these things? Do they even know? Is that the point of the movie? Am I just not getting it? Like, like the whole time, I'm just like, oh my God, I hate this. <laughs> I mean, I think. Why are they doing these things is the interesting question, for me at least. Why? I, I, I certainly don't claim to like understand this film, but I Yeah. It, it's like in the modern era, like how do you deal how do you deal? What do you do? Like is this movie like a saying like fuck fuck Hollywood, fuck films? Like is it like is it an anti movie? You know, where cause these people are obsessed with, you know, fame or, or at least like the the images presented by these characters and they're trying to be like them and it leads them down to ruin and and then the movie itself the way it's structured is very anti film and structure and and you know like hollywoodness is that was that the point of the movie <laughs> i just like movies so i hated this movie <laughs> there's this quote by albert camus that i've always loved and it, he said like the uh, i'm paraphrasing i can't remember the exact quote but it's something to the effect of like the only worthwhile question to ask yourself is why shouldn't I kill myself today? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and that's like, I don't know, to me, that's like a very French, like. <laughs> <laughs> sounds Russian to me. I don't know. I, he was French. Camus was French. Um, I, I just think it's like that, right? Like in, in, in our modern world where we're all just kind of drifting and we don't really have attachments like how do you how do you build attachment right like she was interested in like building a career and like getting into the papers and he wanted to be a movie star and a rogue who was you know a womanizer and it's like it's people constructing like there is no plot there is no meaning you know what i mean like mm -hmm. so how do you construct character in that in that premise how do you how do you take messy bumfuzzled reality and you know jump cut <laughs> metaphorically jump cut your way into like stitching together a persona for yourself that's what i sort of took away from it i did i did kind of feel like you know they did have some portrayal of like the struggles of modern life right and how it how it differs from like you know a structured film like we were talking about right and even though it was from the 60s, I felt like that felt both relatable and, I guess, foreign and dated at the, at the same time. But I did think it was interesting how much of that modern life struggle translated, at least for, for me, which I guess I liked. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it was necessarily a positive thing. It was, it was interesting, if nothing else. Well, I mean, so unless anyone has any more 
they want to nip, uh, you know, like d- dig through, we can go to ratings kind of stuff. Can I just say there? this, Michelle? I thought, I swear to God, like halfway through the movie, I was like, this man, there's not gonna be a single scene where he's not smoking a cigarette. <laughs> oh, he's chain smoking him too. He, yeah. I know. The and only he's throwing the butts out windows. He's like in his apartment. It's like, boom, like out into the street. <laughs> so I, I kept picturing someone I kept, walking by. I did the like, same ah! thing. Oh God. <laughs> my, ash, favorite, my favorite was when she was on her date and he was like trailing her through like a mall or something. Uh-huh. He was like in a store just throwing cigarette butts on the ground. I know. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, it's weird enough to see people smoking indoors, but then to just like not even put out your old cigarette, just throw it to the side. I was like, oh my God. When fully lit, just ding. When they had the bedroom scene, which I think was the only scene where he wasn't smoking, because he even was smoking when he was dying (laughs) at the end. Yeah, he was. The bedroom scene, I think, was the only scene, and it was just when he first wakes up. Right before he lights up later on. I was going to say, because I definitely remember him smoking a lot. He lights up later on, but when he first wakes up, there's like, I don't know, a couple of minutes where he's not smoking a cigarette. It's the only scene in the movie. And I was almost disappointed it was there. (laughs) I would have been more happy if he was just like, if it just cuts to him like up smoking already, you know? It's like how the Mandalorian never takes his helmet off. He just never doesn't have a cigarette in his hand. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I, I almost would have appreciated more if they were just like, consistent throughout the entire thing now, do you think that was pur- purposeful too because humphrey bogart had a cigarette in his hand a lot of the time so he just like totally. never didn't have a cigarette in his hand absolutely yeah yeah you know, like he, he didn't even want to smoke that much he just <laughs> wanted to look like a guy who smoked that much well i do think at the end it's like they roll him over on- onto his back after he collapses and he literally exhales a mouthful of smoke like yeah that was intentional right like that's borderline funny <laughs> Also, the film's called Breathless, so it's got to. There's something there. <laughs> I'm too dumb to figure it out, but it's about the souffle, Matt. <laughs> it's about the souffle. It deflated, and all the breath is out. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> uh, I also, I just want to give. I I loved because how films handle sex scenes is always such a like. It, they can be so bad. I hate just like the pan oh, yeah. to a campfire or whatever. And I loved that they panned to the radio as it played. What was the song? It was like songs for working. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like that. <laughs> or songs for doing work. And it sounded like a uh, hi-ho, hi-ho. It's <laughs> off to work we go. <laughs> panned back to like sheets moving. <laughs> panned back to the radio. Then panned back to them coming out from under the sheets. And I was like, that was a good sex scene. That was like, I knew exactly what was happening. It was not like prurient in in a way that got it a higher rating, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought I didn't think it was corny. I thought it was good. Yeah. Ah, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who's going to be the lowest. Do you, want, do you want me to just kick it off? Or so was it? Just, just I'm just curious, like what it was that you you clearly found this a very challenging film to sit through. Yeah. Um. Was it just how sort of meandering and pointless it was, or? Yeah, it, it it made me feel like I was watching Eight and a Half again, where I'm just like, why, why, why did why did you make this? Like, why, why, why is this a movie? Like, the point was just to to like, I don't know, be pointless, to be meandering, and I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. You know what? That's a good story. I don't know what I'm doing, or these people don't know what they're doing. Like, I can tell, like, if I didn't know it, but, like, when you said, yeah, he wrote the script, like, every morning, the right before they shot, like, oh, no fucking kidding. Like, this movie didn't have any structure. Like, <laughs> none of it was really all that planned, and they just kind of, like, filmed, like, you know, from the hip. Like, 
it's a cool story to think about, and like I would love to watch a documentary of the making of this movie, and you know, re- you know, read the behind the scenes stuff of why it was done. But the movie itself was not fun. I did not have a good time watching this at all. It wasn't colorful. Literally, it was black and white. <laughs> the characters all sucked. None of them had any clear motivation other than I want to be cool. Their relationship was terrible. They were abusive to each other. Well, I mean, she wasn't really to him, but she was just kind of taking it and like, haha, that's funny right. that you're nagging me the entire fucking movie. He, he like just did crimes and then got caught because she was like, I love you, eh, but not really a whole lot. You know, she was like with him and then turns him in. Like, what happened to her? I don't care. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, she was accessory to crimes mm. and then it's, I don't know. The movie doesn't care either, probably. They're just like, but. And she walked away. She made some weird comments and what I don't know. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It just felt. I, I bet there could be a good story. Like the the story of the movie could be done in a good way, like like a like a Birdman or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it just it's painful. I don't know if it was because it was 1960s in France, and that's you know because it was made then and the limitations of all of it, or the or that plus the fire from the hip or like. They made the movie they exactly wanted to make, you know, that was in their heads, and I just hated their vision. (laughs) I I, I can't tell. Right. Um, Fair enough. With all that, I give it a three out of ten. Whoa. Yeah. Higher than that. That's one of your lowest. You're normally pretty (laughs) forgiving. Because even like even with like me not enjoying it, a lot of movies I don't really enjoy the experience of watching it, but I feel wholer after seeing it. You know, like, I got nothing from this movie. Nothing. Yeah. I'll, I'll forget it tomorrow. You know, like, remember Breathless? Yeah, that French piece of shit that, like, <laughs> nothing happened in it. And I think, like, it wasn't even, like, slow, like, tense scenes where people are, like, not doing much. But there's, like, a palpable fear sure. or something or, or something. You know, there's, like, a ticking clock or something in the scene. Because I can deal with slow movies. But this just had nothing. Nothing going on. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm done poo-pooing. No, 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 no. I mean that's that's what we're here for. I was mad at this movie. For you to poo-poo. <laughs> no, I, can, I can tell. This is the closest that you have gotten to Friday. My for reaction you? to Friday. Yeah, right. yeah. Your reaction to Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this movie. <laughs> Friday, at least, like it was a bad movie, but at least had fun watching it. It was, yeah. it was enjoyable. This was just. Damn. Oh, see, I was miserable during Friday. I can tell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It was miserable. I think Friday ended up, I mean, I, I'd have to go back and listen to that episode to remember for sure, but I think I watched it in like three or four sittings because I just, just couldn't, couldn't do it. Do it. <laughs> I think you did. That sounds right. Yeah. I'm sure that takes away from the experience. <laughs> so, Matt, what would, what would you, what's your review? Your, your me. Um, so I should do Jackie's first. She okay. did not give me, I, I was surprised when she told me the number because when we talked, she... What she said to me at one point was that she sort of, at a certain point, she realized the plot wasn't going to make any sense <laughs> and that the characters weren't going to act like real people. It was the bedroom scene that she figured that out, right? <laughs> Probably. That's when I turned from like, I'm not sure, to like, I hate this that's, movie. <laughs> I think that's when we all figured out it wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> and she said, so uh, there was one moment where like I got a work text and I was texting and then I looked back up and I said, oh, why is he doing X, Y, or Z thing? What did I miss? And she said... Honestly, I don't know. I stopped reading the subtitles. And she said she was just watching it for to like mainline like emotion and uh, image. Because whatever else you think, I think the cinematography in the film was was pretty strong. 
I like. There were a couple it, yeah. of really cool shots. There was um, one scene I actually did like, and that was when he showed up at the was a travel agency, and he's talking to that guy, and it's all one take. They like yeah. the camera follows him all the way in. He meets with the guy, he talks with them, he goes in the back room, comes all the way back out. I was impressed, and I'm like, oh, that was pretty cool. And then it didn't really nothing else happened like that. I also loved the scene where he was standing by his car, like spying on Patricia, and they filmed it at such a time that all the street lights happened to come on. Which is like such oh, a small like thing, that, yeah. but was fucking great. Yeah, so she gave it an 8.5. I think that's probably all I can say about it is that she said she ended up enjoying it more as like an impressionistic piece than like a, a, a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really struggle with this because I I think they executed on their vision really well. I did not necessarily enjoy the process of watching their vision. So I, I I struggle about how to rate that, but I think technically I thought it was pretty strong. I, I liked the cinematography. I thought um, both actors acted what they were given well, I thought. Yeah. And I think as something that changed up like the very linear storytelling of film that had come before and like big studio industry of Hollywood, I think it was really... I'm glad that I watched it. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, so Jackie gave it an 8.5. I give it an eight. It's pretty good. Yeah. I, I really think I, I'm glad I watched it. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it does feel like an important part of like filmmaking history, mm-hmm. especially as people who do like a film podcast. I'm glad I filled that gap, which is like the whole yeah. point of the show. Right. Yeah. Fill my gap. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. What? I'm pregnant. <laughs> you should be more careful. <laughs> it's maybe yours. Uh, Let's never talk about this again. <laughs> and scene. So, you know, as I'm sure you're well aware, I typically rate movies uh, almost purely based off of how much fun I have watching them and mm-hmm. not really critically about the, the filmmaking itself. Um, with that said, this this may actually be a contradiction to that because it's a movie that I did not necessarily enjoy watching. If it had just like some comedy, like some funny scenes to it or some (laughs) real drama to it, I feel like it would have really put it over the edge, but that's fine. (laughs) It doesn't have have one of the two things that movies have comedy or drama, (laughs) but but it it had, it had this, it's own, its own idea, right? Which was that it was just kind of meandering, right? A lot of the dialogue felt pretty, realistic because it didn't make sense right because people are just kind of like flying by the seat of their pants and motivations are a bit obscured um and i i appreciated that for what it was i think it can only get you so far what was the dialogue it really meandering and not um what what are you doing why are you making a face you said obscured yeah i caught that too did i I was just, I was letting it go and then Matt couldn't. <laughs> I why, thought about why it. Why are you pointing that out? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just squared. Yeah, that's a little critical of you, Matt. It's a little math joke. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think this is actually one of one of the the biggest things that me and Tyler tend to disagree about is I don't mind things that are 
for lack of a better term, like slice of life, right? Things are just like a small encapsulation of like a moment without really any reasoning behind it. I typically enjoy that. And I know Tyler typically does not. That's not necessarily true. I mean, like Uncut Gems, I would say was kind of like that. And I love that movie. You think Uncut Gems was slice of life? Yeah. Friday is 100% slice of life and you both (laughs) loved it. I didn't love it, but I definitely enjoyed it way more than you did. <laughs> well, it would be impossible not to enjoy it more than I did. Because I, I enjoyed it. it the <laughs> maximum, minimum, the minimum amount. That's what I mean. And uh, I can't remember what that other French movie that I saw was that, that was similar. But I actually did kind of enjoy that for what it was, even though, you know, again, it didn't really go very far. So this is all to say... I don't know how <laughs> I feel about this one. It's uh, it's a tricky one. I'm, I'm there with you. It's a tricky one. Yeah. I wouldn't say I had fun watching it, but I was engaged watching it, and I like it almost better thinking back on it than I did during during it, if that makes <laughs> that's sense. That's a map pick. I was going to say, that's just the hallmark of a map pick. <laughs> so uh, on that note, I'm probably never going to watch it again, but I am very glad that I watched it, and I kind of want to watch other french movies for some reason after watching this uh so i'm gonna give it a six okay solid yeah like a lot more than i did (laughs) i know i know cool i mean you're our next pick right i am baby (laughs) yeah remember Uh, yeah yeah, we, we decided that um yeah i'm gonna do taxi driver Ooh. hey never seen it Oh, man. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Yeah, I saw it when I was a kid. Uh, what? Yeah, I know. It's really uh, gory, right? Um, It gets bloody. I don't remember being like exceptionally gory, like a mm. horror film or something. Don't they go to a porn theater at one point? Oh, it's it's a dirty, grimy, 70s New York crime store. I don't know if it's New York, but... Uh, I need to have a word with your parents. Oh, my dad <laughs> let me watch Pulp Fiction when I was like 13. He was like, don't tell your mother. <laughs> oh, it was your dad? Oh, then it's, uh, I can't have that conversation. That's right. You can't say anything. Because I'll be so mad at you. <laughs> my dad's dead, by the way, if no one, <laughs> if the, the listeners don't know. Got a dead dad pass. Yeah. Dead dad pass. Dead dad pass. I got a DD pass. So, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to watch this movie again. <laughs> Tyler's excited. <laughs> I am. I remember it being good. I have not... I don't even know that I've watched it all the way through. I've definitely seen bits of it. It's a classic, right? It's a well-known yeah, oh, classic yeah, totally. movie? Okay, totally. So, like, you, you saw Joker, right? Because, like, that was Todd Phillips just like, oh, I loved Taxi Driver. Let me do a version of it with a Joker. You know. I did not see Joker. Oh, okay. It was okay. You Everybody... Know was up their own butts about it. It was not as good as everybody thought. It wasn't as good or as bad or whatever as everyone talked about. It was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. It was good. Yeah. And Joaquin Phoenix was objectively really good. But he, I mean, he's the whole reason to watch it. I mean, the story yeah. itself is like, yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, next episode, Taxi Driver. Cool. Let's do was it. it uh, d- was it this or Deer Hunter first that got De Niro famous? Oh, that's a good question. Taxi driver, I think he's younger in that. He see he looks younger in my head. Like I, when I'm picturing a taxi driver, he seems like a younger guy. Sure. Hold on, I've got. I've got I'm going to guess taxi open. driver too. Yeah. Uh, oh, the sequel, Deer Taxi Driver Two. Hunter. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's driving back. <laughs> yes. Turn around. Uh, ta- 
Taxi Driver was two years before The Deer Hunter. Makes sense. So I think this is the one that got, um, I think both Scorsese and De Niro onto the scene. That sounds right to me. I'm not sure. Cool. Yeah. It's a good pick, Devin. Thanks. You're welcome. Better better than this fucking souffle. The souffle. (laughs) I have no doubt that you will rate it better than this one. (laughs) He'll rate most things. I mean, for what it's worth, I liked the uh, about the souffle better than like <laughs> Gone with the Wind or even oh Eight and a Half. Honestly, God. I'd rather watch Gone with the Wind two more times and see this ever again. What? Really? Yes. Yep. That's right. You, you are an insane person. <laughs> Racism and everything. I'd watch it two more times. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like the runtime of Gone with the Wind is already double this, so really it's you're absurd. watching. Four times the bad movie. You heard me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that's true. <laughs> Ooh, la la, uh, wee wee. Wee wee. Wee wee. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Love you. Bye bye, de souffle. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Oh, do you want do you want me to start? Did you want to try to? Sure, I can do it. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! By Tyler Young. I'm Tyler, and to my left I have who's this? I'm. (laughs) You say you're Tyler. (laughs) I'm so thrown off. Your turn, Matt. That's that's you, other guy. I'm Devin. What? I'm Matt. Uh, last name near do well. Matt last name. That's a good one. Matt I last use name. That. Hyphenated last name. In this episode, we talk about <laughs> jazz, cigarettes, beep, 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 beep. and cigarettes is one of them, and. Pregnancies that probably don't receive enough attention from the prospective parents. <laughs> yeah.